Hello and welcome back to The Huddle. Liam Santamaria with you as we skip out of the fever break. NBL action back this week, a Thursday night doubleheader to tip off round seven. In the meantime, well, the Boomers have qualified for the World Cup, smacked around Kazakhstan and now have locked away a spot in next year's tournament. And to chat about it, I've got Brian Gorgian on the show. Of course, the greatest to ever do it in the NBL and the head coach of our Aussie male national team. So sit back, relax. Up next, Brian Gorgian. Gorge, good to see you, mate. Nice to see you, Lim. It's, uh, yeah, really good. You, you look familiar to me because, as, as we've discussed, I'm following all the stuff in the NBL, you know, the podcasts, all the stuff you're doing with, with Corey, and then just uh, all the teams and all the, hopefully, potential boomers. So, sure. uh, really enjoying it. Love it. Well, we miss you on the day-to-day round here, mate, just so you know. We do. We miss you greatly. <laughs> well, it's great to hear because I, I do, uh, I, I do. I, this is a great setup, and and as you know, there was a dream here, to um, big picture. Um, but I, I do miss, um, and really, really, after my China experience, enjoyed the NBL and being back in that competition and uh, getting getting. I learned a lot and getting to understand uh, how great. Now you're traveling around the world and playing again, all these other leagues and um, competitions. What a great job they do in the NBL and what a great environment it is to play in and um, world-class competition, which you promote, but it is uh, talks cheap. I'm, I'm in the mix and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Okay, nice. What you, what you are involved in right now is the Commissioner's Cup there in the Philippines, right? Bay Area Dragons, the new squad playing in that competition and doing really well, eight and two, rolling along. How are you enjoying life in the Philippines and, and coaching within that competition? No, I'm, I'm loving it. I've, uh, <clears throat> I've had a relationship, as you know, with the Chinese <clears throat> and a lot of the staff here, Billy Tomlinson, who's a great friend and, and have a tremendous relationship as an assistant coach. And then a lot of the other um, assistants and staff strength coaches are Asian people that I was involved with in China and uh, had a great rapport with and really enjoy working with. And then uh, the guy that put this together, we're on the same page as far as a vision and um, how you coach. And he's given me total reign with this team, which you don't get when you normally coaching in China. The boss has a big say and when you practice, how you run your program. This has been given all mine like I do in the NBL. So I'm enjoying the day-to-day. It's a totally different competition in the NBL, less concern for the ball, much more up and down. It's like, uh, it's like the G, G League. Um, sorry, it's like the Drew League in mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. on steroids. <laughs> it's, it's up and down the floor, high flyers, athletic, the players are very, very passionate. The fans are very, very passionate. And you're in a country where basketball is the number one sport like China. You know, so you've got 100 million people here and it's basketball all day. High school, uh, second division, the Manny Pacquiao League, and then our Commissioner's Cup, which uh, again, if you said to me the top three or four teams in it, 
um, could compete in the NBL. But uh, I say that in the, in the manner that we're playing with one import. And when I look at the NBL and you look at a team like Adelaide, which you're discussing, you look now, um, the strength of the teams being really good or not competitive. You're constantly talking about the imports and they need to make a change or add one. We're playing with one. And I look at San Miguel, I look at TNT and I go, Ooh, you throw two more in there. You know, you throw an AC in there, you throw a, a Xavier Mays in there with what they've got. And now a team like that could go in there and compete with your Melbournes, your Sydney's, your purse, um, which is what this whole thing's about international competition. And uh, that's my, my hope and my vision um, that I want to be a part of down the road. You've talked about that as sort of a EuroLeague style competition here in Asia. Have you been having conversations over there since you've, you've been in, in that spot to that effect? Do you, do you think those wheels are in motion as that seed's getting planted? A hundred percent. And, and long before I, I took this position, it's got huge momentum. It's got support from FIBA and the PBA absolutely loves this. And the interest from China in our team is, is phenomenal. These, these players are becoming um, icons in, in China. And then, you know, the, the big picture for me is that to see the Chinese learn, um, they're very stoic. And now we're playing in an environment where it's completely different. It's up and down. It's not set plays. It's emotion. It's fist pumping. It's, it's, it's volatile. They're mm -hmm. aggressive. They'll mm -hmm. lay back screens on you and put you down. And uh, if you don't communicate, you're going to get hurt. And so now these Chinese, it's beautiful to see them developing skills that they weren't getting when they were playing in China. Mm -hmm. And I found that as a coach being in this environment, going back to the NBL, being international coach, you learn and you add things to your bow, to your, you know, your, your package. And uh, that's if, if we want to continue to win medals, I think the NBL needs to play international comp besides the domestic comp and the NBL players will get better. And the ones that are now playing in these window games, when they come back to their teams, like, uh, um, white at New Zealand, like mm -hmm. McCarran, you can see the growth in these players that are playing Pinder in these windows. Um, and now those windows are what this EASL is about. Now you're playing teams from Taipei, Korea, Philippines, and believe me, it's different. The quickness is different. Um, the style of play is different and you learn and they learn from you. So uh, our game's not like Australian rules football. Our game is international mm. and i've always found that when you were in victoria they they do a great job of selling the game of football in that form but my mind lindsey gaze's mind was always shit we've got the world mm. and kids are starting to play around the world now you've got the internet now you've got all this stuff on television and you can see this being played around the world and it's creating a a, a new game well, speaking of playing around the world, the guys went to Kazakhstan uh, a long way away, midway through the season. Didn't go to Iran. That's a whole nother conversation. But they went in, they ticked that box. Mike Kelly and the group, Rob Beveridge and, and his uh, involvement earlier on, they essentially have gone nine and zip. You had that one 
loss in inverted commas to Iran and it makes it nine and one. But you, you must be really pleased with the way the players, that coaching group have gone about just getting that job done. You know, I was a part of, uh, I was away for 12 years and got a taste of the Patty Mills, Joe Ingalls, the boomers, the culture that was there when I walked back into it. And then to, for not to have them involved and walk into the window thing when we played China twice mm -hmm. and Japan and have that group come in and the culture took no, no step sideways. It continued to move forward. And uh, it's just amazed me um, how strong the boomer culture is. And again, I, I think you got to take your hat off. I keep saying this, we didn't, because we got a medal, we didn't qualify for the worlds. We've got to qualify for the worlds and to qualify in the future and to qualify for the Olympics, the NBL players and the strength of the NBL is vital, not only from a playing standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint. And, you know, it's not only Mike, Will Mike, Mike Kelly, it's, you know, it's Kerry Williams, you know, it's uh, Chansey down in Tasmania. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, John really, all of these people have their fingerprints on it. And, and it doesn't take a step backwards in the coaching. It doesn't take a step backwards in the conditioning or, or the running of it, the day to day of it and how they play. And uh, I, again, I, I was uh, really concerned because a lot of the main players in that didn't play, mm -hmm. but it just shows the depth and um, uh, the strength again of the NBL um, all the way around and, and uh, the performance of that group in getting us there and not losing a game has been very, very impressive. Yeah. I, I love the way in every one of those games, even going back to those Rob Beveridge coached teams that had DPs running out there and, um, they not only they win those games, they they just played every possession on its own merits. Up 30, up 40, and then against that Chinese team. I mean, Joe Chi's out there kicking butt, but McCarron and McDowell White, Jack White, what he was doing, like every possession, just playing the way your group played in Tokyo, the way Andre's group played in the, the tournaments prior to that, where you don the green and gold jersey and you represent it the right way every single possession. It's, it's the, there's a couple strengths now that are world-class of the boomers. And when I took over the boomers after Sydney and Phil Smythe, the work on the culture was full-time. And when mm. we went to Athens, we were so far away from Lithuania, Argentina, those, those great teams well, Andrew Gaines, that group, Shane Hill, they had it. The group that had not been touched when all those guys retired at the same time, when they walked into the gym, there was no Patty Mills or Joe Ingalls like Matisse Teibel, Josh Green. Those people touched when they walked into Huntington Beach at the drop-in center. Mm -hmm. There was none of that. So that, take, that took eight years of work. Then I walked away for 12 years and came back and Lamontis and Longley and that group took it to a whole nother level. And now um, that is um, there in stone. And it's, it's a very, very important piece moving forward that uh, will not, um, anything that affects that will be stomped on. And the last part of it, I, I, um, 
uh, hats off, you know, when you talk about credibility and, and sitting on top of it, the work that's being done at the center of excellence mm -hmm. and having those kids like a proctor and the, and the two, we are really trying, this works in four year cycles. So you don't want everyone retiring at the same time. Mm -hmm. So in these window games, you want to touch that youth and introduce them and let them feel um, white McCarran, Pinder, though that group of guys, so they touch that and they don't walk in cold. They get that for a few before they take over. And for that sure. cycle, that cycle's been strong. And the work being done with Marty Clark and you know all those people down yeah, at McKinley. the excellent. Mm -hmm. It's it's impressive. Yeah, no, they're doing great things. Um, all right, we'll speak about moving forward. Geez, it feels like just yesterday I was talking to you shacked up in the Northern Territory there where you could only go onto your balcony and you were bouncing off the wall because you just won a medal and you wanted to celebrate. And now here we are. We're talking about the next campaign. Um, time to look forward now at, at, at the 2023 World Cup. I want to ask you, we, we were sort of having a look at what a potential squad might look like yesterday. That process, the selection element of it do you does that excite you or does it do you feel kind of like dread about having to go through that that process because there's going to be some tough choices that need to be made excites the hell out of me excites the hell out of me and having you guys have that discussion and put the names up there and saying tough decisions have to be made that's the sign of greatness and mm -hmm. that's what um that's what our country's expecting so if there's if the squad picks itself like it used to you're mm. not winning medals mm. so the fact that you're struggling and there's discussion there shows um where this thing's headed and and uh what's been established is is gold we want gold and to get that um boy you better have um tough decisions and people disappointed because on the flip side um the people that make it are um understand and and are, are are so respectful and so appreciative mm. but uh the, the selection process when 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 you talk about it it's it's uh i, I don't like to throw put names around but but the, the process is a, is a good discussion can i let me just put some names to a general uh element of it which is the youth that's that's in play you're talking about the guys have been coming out of the the center of excellence that you've had in this qualifying window of proctor and Tui and rory hawk well you're also going to have in this next mix you're going to have dyson daniels in the mix who's 19 you have josh giddy in the mix who's 20 josh green 22 already with that olympic experience um we know about and we've watched for tournament after tournament the brilliance of that more experienced group of Patty and Joe and Dally and those kind of players. Um, but where's your excitement level at with regards to Giddy and Josh Green and this youth movement coming through into the mix? It's time. It's, it's, it's what it's about. And those guys are, I mean, what, what you do on this, and I, again, with names, how we just, how we operate is you get that five or six guys that are going to be there. And then it's, um, which when I hear you guys talk, what you don't really discuss is um, examples. The next thing is style of play. Yeah. So if you've got five or six guys and you go, okay, it's, it's this, well, on ball defense is going to be played this way. Mm -hmm. And, Team defense is going to be played this way. And offensively, we're going to do this. 
So this point guard needs to be a guy that can pick the ball up three quarter court. Mm -hmm. He needs to be able to get through on on balls because we're in a drop scenario. Um, the bigs um, can drop or now we're in a situation where we're um, on on balls we're going to show. Mm -hmm. And now you're looking for a, a different piece. So again, um, a lot of the decisions that when people talk, um, Sobe was selected for a reason. Right. Um, Get up the uh, floor, hound the ball. Yeah, correct. It, it now um, was Giddy better at bringing the ball up and passing and finding people. But is he at an age then that you're going to put the ball in his hand like they did at Adelaide and it's your show? Um, that was a decision that we made, sure. right or wrong, but it was a decision we made. But we had a vision on how we were going to play. And here's five points that these next five guys have to have in their position. Well, who is that? Is it Pinder? Is it Sam Frawling? Is it Baines? Is it now? Um, second thing is when you go, I'm at with the national teams of all time. And yeah. why did we gold medal? What were the two biggest strengths of our national team? What was the difference between our national team than Lamontis's national team or the team I had prior? What were the two major differences? The way you defended. Correct. One was defense. And what did we do defensively? What did I have that Andre didn't have? I had Matisse Teibel and Dante Exum. And the boomers, you go back to the Gaze era. You've never had wings that could play defense mm. and have that athleticism switch mm. and get the lanes. And then um, defensive philosophy on the on balls. We were, everybody talked about that at the Olympics. We could be different because Jock Landell and Nick Kay and Joe Ingles could step out and show or trap. Right. And then you have East Tybal and Dante Exum in lanes running around. So what became a feature in selection was athleticism and length and defensive versatility was a big aspect to that. Massive. So, you know, then, then you start, when you start discussing and saying, okay, why did he pick him or where did he pick in? I think now you get, whether it's right or wrong, you all make tough decisions and you get every player right. You hope so, but you have a vision and you have a formula. It's not just random. Oh, I like this guy or, oh, right. he played well. Well, he could be uh, two points a game in the NBL, but it, he does this and we need this particular skill. Yeah. And uh, in Athens, a, a lot of it was a it was a catch and shoot player was our number 12th guy. And it was, you know, he, he, we need you because we didn't have shooters. Right. So, again, um, yeah. I know I'm, I'm yapping. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's so it's so fun when, when we sit at a desk like that and we put the names up on the board and we have that conversation like we're, we're picking like a fantasy team. <laughs> You know what Correct. I mean? Like we can have, we have the ability because there's no responsibility and we can just go, well, he's kicked butt and we love him and we can put you, you've got to actually create a team to Correct. play and be effective. So you <clears throat> need to have guys that do what you want to do defensively and complement each other, but also the spacing at the other end of the floor. All right. If you're going to be a pick and roll heavy team with a Josh Giddy doing what he does, then the guy setting that pick needs to be a certain type of offensive player the guys on those wings and in those corners need to be able to do certain things you have to consider you and your coaching staff have to consider that we have the the the, the, the pleasure of not having to worry about that type of thing yeah there's and you're right 100 right and uh 
it, it is exciting. And the conversations that, 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 are, that are being had are, again, I mean, I was in the unique, um, and I don't think it, I don't know that it's ever happened before where a guy's been a part of it for seven years and disappeared for 12 and you come back, you know, six months before an Olympics or eight months for Olympics and you walk into that and you just see um, the change in the, I mean, it started with selection. Look at the guys. We got to let, you know, you're, you're looking, oh, he's really, and you're thinking, shit, you only get 12. <laughs> it wasn't like that for Athens. Let me yeah. tell you, with right. the team was virtually picked. You're talking about the number 12th guy. Do you want a shooter? Do you want a defender? Do you want a culture guy? The 11 were done. So this was, wow, you know, man, this guy might not make it. Or right. you're going to have to, and it's, it's compounded itself now which um, with this, all this youth coming in mm. and uh, that's what you want to be as a nation is you want to, you know, if we're going to be good or it's, it's not only from a, uh, from a coaching standpoint, from, from a staff standpoint, from the front, the, it's got to continue to move forward. And uh, Joe and Patty um, were really, really, really strong on that with Matisse, Josh, giddy you know where we take it is where we've taken it you got to take it and, and and listen to me watch and i'll be broken if this thing doesn't move forward from us and it, and it was an everyday thing with those guys the now what's going on right now what went on in the past and the future and uh they were on those guys about the future and uh it it, it, it was impressive and then again, the NBL and all that we've talked about, they're the ones responsible, not the boomers for this thing that you're talking about. That's the center of excellence. That's those people that are, and, and all the people that are doing these. And that's why everyone cherished the medal is all of them should are rewarded, definitely rewarded because we have them for this little window. They're the ones that do all the work. For sure. Um, I, I want to ask you about Ben. Ben Simmons, uh, two really, really cool things have happened with Ben in recent times. One, he's back on the court. He's playing basketball. He's playing, he's out there with the Brooklyn Nets and he's kind of getting himself back out on the floor, which is sensational. The other one is he's made some comments to the effect of how much he wants to play for Australia at some stage. So I guess my question is around whether you feel like that's a realistic proposition for that to be a conversation about next year's world cup or whether you think that that's more along the lines of looking forward towards Paris in 2024. I think um, it, 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 the great thing about sport is, is it's visual and, and you play. And it's like a lot of the, what's he playing like at the end of this season? Cause right now there's no doubt and everybody's talking about it. He's not Ben Simmons yet. And um when he is Ben Simmons, he's a dominant player in the NBA internationally, and he's going through a process. And where he is at the end of this um, will determine whether it's now or whether it's down the road. But I, I, I also, you know, and I've never gotten anything other from Ben. This is me personally than positive about the Boomers and everything that's happened with Ben with the boomers during my time of him not participating was if it was my son, I would have advised the same. 
what he went through, if that was my son, I wouldn't have put him in the boomers and thrown him in there after had finished at Philadelphia. That again, it's his decision, but my thought process, I totally got it. And he communicated all the way through about his love of the boomers and wanting to play with these guys. And, and the first, one of the first congratulations or were the first things that I received when in the team, when we got to the village was from Ben. And one of the first things when we finished was from Ben. And uh, it's never been um, what everyone, it's, it's totally the, the process that's gone on. He's been through a lot. He's had injury. He had the, the, the bad finish with Philadelphia mm. uh, and the way forward was about how he, he went about it. He had to organize and get himself right. He's mm. got to get himself healthy and he's got to get himself playing well. And uh, really he did the right thing by the boomers and were we, Patty, all of us have said, we want Ben Simmons open arms and he's, he's welcome to our program when he's ready and healthy and he'll be a big piece. Awesome. Um, you were a big piece of the Illawarra Hawks the last two years. And um, I mentioned off the top how much we're missing you. The team, I'm sure you're aware, you're watching closely. I know you speak on the regular with Jacob and, and the crew there. Uh, are one and eight, it's been a tough start to the season. What have you made of their first third of this 2023 season? I think it's been tough. I think it's been real tough. And, uh, you know, um, my, my time in Wollongong, you got, and I'll go, it was, was COVID. And so I felt like after the two years um, that we'd, that ownership group in my mind, Jared, I, I thought everything that he promised me and everything that was supposed, he delivered. And one of the rules, just so every, and you can see now what's coming out in the salary cap, we put that team together under the salary cap. That team, the two years was underneath the salary cap. Um, number two is we had Dory, who was, I, in my mind, and the reason why we came, there was no one like him that I've worked with that humped the community like he did. I thought he just, the sponsors, the interest, the people, the, what he generated behind the team was phenomenal. And then I had the best in the business and Brian Colangelo delivering me import players. Mm -hmm. So you look at Justin Simon, defensive player of the year, Tyler Harvey, first team, all league, mm -hmm. AC, Ale Cleveland, Alexander, first team and all defensive and, and within the reins. And then, um, I had the opportunity, and I think what I brought to the club was um, notoriety. Um, I, I've, it's just, I've been there for 30 years. Everybody knows who I, I am, so I brought some attention to the Hawks program. Mm. And number two is I've always had the ability there. I think the players know I'm competent, and I can attract players to, to play there. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you look at, if you want to be, I don't know what's gone on, with the energy behind the team, because I'm not there. Mm -hmm. But I thought we had, I, in my time there, when it finished, we had the community behind us. Mm -hmm. And we were filling that last home game, the stadium was filled. Um, I thought it was Sydney or us for the title. In the mm -hmm. last two minutes of both of those games, the game was tied. So we were in that thing, we were that close to winning it the year before, 
one more game against Perth and we're in the grand final. Mm. So, but what's happened now is for whatever reason, there's been a much larger turnover of personnel than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry Frawling, Isaac White, uh, AC, um, Mays, you know, I knew Duop. Duop's going to be difficult to keep, whether I'm, you know, that's going to be a difficult one no matter what. And then you had the situation that we had that wonderful situation to have Justin and Jessup that mm. was going to change mm. but uh right now if you say to me and you look at it um playing wise it's in a rebuild situation and I was hoping that that wasn't going to be the case that there was going to be more there for Jacob and I I felt like when I walked away that I was handing him a pretty damn good package and to be fair to Jacob um I think that it's whoever was in his shoes right now, you're in a rebuild mm-hmm. and it's hard mm-hmm. to rebuild when you're not Brian Gorgian and you don't have that credibility. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, and, and it's not something that I wanted to happen to him. And yeah. I feel bad for him because let me tell you this, I've been in the game a long time. There ain't a better human being and there ain't a better worker. And there ain't, uh, I learned from him. Jacob huh. Jacobus is as sharp is attack. And even in the preseason blitz, when they went up to dark, you could see, and even the first game when they played Sydney, they're right there mm. in Sydney. But now you get King hit with the guard. Oh. Um, then, 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 then an, another change, another injury. Then, you know, you've got to bring another import over. The other one seems to be, there seems to be a struggle there with King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's been difficult. And let me finish with, it's a really tough community. I've worked in the, I've worked in Ballarat before and it's hugs and kisses and we support you and we'll have a beer with you no matter what there. um, They'll support you, but your team better be out there throwing punches and you better win your share or you don't want to walk down through that mall. (laughs) You'll get, you'll get buried. Really? uh, The start of last season was a bit like that. Oh, Oh man. Oh man. You know, but when, when you're winning, it's at <laughs> the beach, the walking along the water. You saw me everywhere. When we lost, <laughs> I kind of bar, I, I barbecued a lot on the balcony. Where's good? Where's good? Uh, yeah, the Justin Robinson was a punch to the guts because I mean, I thought he was going to be an all league level guy this season. They go through the whole preseason, they're developing some chemistry with him and Tyler Harvey. And then bam, first game, you lose your import point guard who you were going to give the ball and ask to run your team. Very hard to recover from that on the fly when, as you say, you, you do have a group that is kind of very new together and you're trying to bring all the pieces together. When I started with the East Side Spectres, Barry Barnes left. Nobody knows who I'm talking about, I'm sure, but he was an icon. Yeah, and he yeah. left. And half the people left that team when I right. got hired coach and the administration stayed strong with me. We lost every preseason game. We were 0-7. We started the season 0-6. So oh. I lost my first 13 games. And then we ended oh. up 11-13. and 13. The next year we went 14-10. and 10. And then the next year was playoffs and it, 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 it's been there. And I just, I just, I was hoping if you said the answer to this, I really believe, I I don't know what's happened above Jacob, 
mm. what's going, you know, but, but those three, when they were on the same page, that's why I came. And that thing was going in that form. It was mm -hmm. better than Illawarra had ever had it. And the players told me that it's mm -hmm. better than they ever had it. And from a playing standpoint, I thought Jacob was going to be handed. Uh, and I feel I hurt for him that it's um, where it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I just hope everybody steps back and lets this guy do his thing. And you look mm -hmm. at the roster and you look at what he's playing against. He's going to get slapped around a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I, I know this guy's good and he's going to build something there. It's interesting. Did you catch Scott Roth's comments in the presser in Perth that got shared around a little bit? Um, he was talking about John Rilly saying, you know, he, he this is a young coach over here who's a terrific coach doing a lot of hard work. He's taken some losses right now, but you got to, you know, the community, the media, you've got to give these guys a bit of a chance. And it was interesting. I was thinking about it and I was thinking about you know, I wasn't thinking about your numbers, but that's fascinating what you said there about your early losses. I was thinking about Andre in New Zealand, his first season, and how if the Blackwells hadn't have stuck fat with him, maybe they don't go on to win three straight titles and become the envy of the competition. And about Dean Vickerman in his first season in New Zealand, taken over from Andre, and he misses the finals. And it's like, oh my God, we don't miss the finals. We're the New Zealand breakers. Well, then he wins the championship. He's won two since, hasn't missed the finals since he's been in Melbourne United. Um, there's so many examples of guys who go on to become great coaches, but took their lumps early on. There's two things that stick out when you watch a coach. One is, is he competent? Is he competent? And you, you what? Does the guy, does he, what he's doing, does he, does it make sense? Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't, he's going to get fired. Number two is, Will the players play for him? Well, you know, is he a kind, you know, will the players play for him? And the players play for you when they know you know what you're doing and that you care about them. Mm -hmm. And I know this, those guys that everyone to a man when I left was pumped to have Jacob as their coach. Mm -hmm. And I worked with John really. And again, um, amazing basketball mind, pedigree, and you're going into, you know, I always say there's bad jobs and there's good jobs. The Perth job's a bad job. You're taking over, you're taking over an icon's position that's been in the playoffs year after year after year. And they're going, Jesse Wagstaff's getting older. Blanchfield's getting older. Um, you're new. You got all this pressure on you and the, the, the elevation is going up. But when I watch John Reilly's team play, their defensive schemes, what they run, um, his are are they with him? You listen to him at the media conference. Yeah. You listen how he communicates with his players and how they look at him and respond to him. He's going to get there. Yeah, he's going to get yeah. there. Mm. And uh, was everybody on? You know, look at Adam Ford. Mm. Oh, he's this. He's too. He's it. He's a Maddie Nielsen. We all the guy's a winner, and he the knows what. He knows what he's doing yeah. and all, all, all he needed. What did they jump the gun there? No, give the no. guy a little bit of time because he's going to get it done. And they're and playing the for him. Are, they're playing one, their asses off for him. hundred percent. And you, you go and you coach around the world like I am now. And you think back to the NBL and you go, you know, it's, I'm, um, I go like this about, I don't have to coach against those guys anymore. <laughs> it, you know, Chase Buford, man, right. it, it's elite, you know, 
everywhere you go, um, all the teams, unbelievably organized. They're making, you've got to run counters to everything because, you know, you go to go to Tyler Harvey, he's, he's capped. He can't get a touch. I, I keep saying, go do a dribble handoff to Tyler Harvey. I can't, he can't get a touch. <laughs> Delhi won't let him touch the ball. You know, I mean, the competition yeah. there is is brutal and if, mm. if you're in a situation like jacob where you're undermanned a little bit and you got it everybody wants to put a boot in we mm. finished in the top four the last two years mm. bring it on junior here we, we here's one for your chin that's yeah. what this thing's about but it's what it makes it great and i i just hope and i i know that um that they will have uh, those guys aren't even it, it isn't in my mind that um, either one of them are going anywhere. It's just, I hate seeing them have to go through this process. Mm. The other one that I, I absolutely, I stay in touch with constantly. And I've learned from in my two years there that I, and he's been in Asia and he helps me, is James Duncan at, at uh, Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane. And, you know, he got handed three great players that are getting towards the twilight of their career and have been hurt and have mm. been underdone. And, you know, the conversations we had, you know, about, you know, forget everybody, forget the, you know, just stay in your tunnel, keep being classy and just keep throwing punches. And boy, I'm, I'm just loving where they're headed and how that Sobey's getting it back. Baines mm -hmm. is getting it back. Johnson mm -hmm. can really play. He's doing a great job with Sam, with Harry. And, um, you know, um, let these guys, they're 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 really good they're really classy and they're good coaches awesome man i'll tell you they're gonna uh, they're gonna really appreciate those words and i appreciate you coming on for a chat mate. Uh, you look like that you look like you're in a beautiful spot there they're really looking after you mate. no man just <laughs> this is a closer <laughs> let me have a bit of a look that's what do we got that's you get okay. can you see it? You you got yourself a nice view right there. Look yeah, at that. So, the pool. So you got the pool on the sixth floor, right below the pools, the gym where we practice, the mm -hmm. weight rooms below that. We're in a, a city that is all the restaurants, all the malls. As you look out there, that's um where the stadium is. And uh, you know, we there's a 20,000 seat stadium. It's like the old uh Melbourne, where you got, uh, we played the other day and it was where the thriller in Manila was with uh, Muhammad Ali and uh, Frazier. And uh, it was like, and, and we had a pretty physical game too. It gets, it felt I, know, like I, I, I know how it gets. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know what? So Go on. It's like a little, it's like, like the old days at Albert where you had the glass house and then you had Margaret Court and then you've got, you know, Rod, Rod Lake. Mm -hmm. And they've got the 20,000 seat, the 12,000 mm -hmm. seat, and the mm -hmm. 5,000 seat. And they're mm -hmm. all there. And like I said, I mean, Tab Baldwin's game the other day had 20,000 people at it wow. for, a, for a high school game. And he's one of the uh, top coaches in the Philippines. And he runs right. a high school program to die for. Um, right, right. He does a tremendous job. So Mark Dickel was over here. Cam Oliver's playing here mm -hmm. at the moment right now. And... Uh, they, the, they, they do, all of them have a, it's, it's amazing that, that everyone follows. Uh, and I'm, I'm like a, 
I'm being honest with you, I'm revered because of the boomer success. Right. I come and they're just all, all, but they're all these guys that play, you know, they're, they're, you know, coach fantastic. The, the boomers, man, you did a, a unbelievable, unbelievable. And the ministry all, there's so much love for what that team accomplished in this region because it gave it credibility. Love and, it. uh, Soto's the last one. He's just uh, he's just had 16 and in, in whatever amount of rebounds. Five looked blocks. Tre- looked tremendous, and he's mm. he's uh, a showpiece here. They all yeah. follow him. They love him. So, uh, Adelaide will get a lot of support there. You know how you can tell a coaching lifer? He just hangs around the apartment with the whistle hanging around his neck. <laughs> you know? I just- I just finished practice. I'll, I'll think, <laughs> he just, he just kicks back and watches TV with the whistle, just ready to just to just get people on the lines. Now it's uh, I've been speaking a lot of Chinese lately. Wodian bun, minten shulian jodian bun. Tomorrow morning, nine thirty, boys. <laughs> so uh, it, that's why I, I can't shut up. It's just nice Love to it. talk talk Love to the Western again for a while. It's great All to right. see you. Well, on that note, mate, we'll um, we'll finish it off. Thanks heaps again for jumping on for a chat. And uh, good luck in the last couple of games of the Commissioner's Cup here and in the playoffs. And then on to the campaign with the World Cup next year. We can't wait to watch every step of the way. Thank you, bro. Take care, man. 